Let's give God a praise one more time in this place. Amen. Let's uh, start with our verse, um, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. You, therefore, my sons, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that I ha- that you have heard from me, um, and the things that you have heard from amongst many witnesses, commit these to the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that's what we're doing here tonight. Our pastor has taught us, and we're being discipled. And if you Look over here is our vision, is evangelism, discipleship, and church planning. So we go out and we get those lost souls, and we bring them in here, and we disciple them, and then we get them ready, and then we ship them out. Amen? <laughs> Amen. And so we're going to get started tonight. We got three faithful brothers over here. Amen? And so we're going to start off tonight. We got Jesse going first. Y'all give him a hand tonight. Amen. How are we doing tonight? All right. Not bad, not bad. Let's see. But well, my um, title is going to be, get it together. The Power in Prayer. I'm going to pray right quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for having us here tonight, Father God. I just pray, Father God, that you would anoint my word, Father God, that you would speak through me, Heavenly Father, that you would give me the words of encouragement, Heavenly Father, to speak to your people, Father. Father, we love you, Father God, and we thank you in all that you do for us, Heavenly Father, for showing us the way, Father. We love you and we thank you. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. See, church, God speaks through us with his written word, and that is the Bible. Christians speak to us. Christians speak to God through us by prayer. It's important. It's an important part of a Christian's life. We pray in words, and sometimes we, we pray in song. A couple of verses I have, you know, uh, that we should pray. Well, you know, um, a couple of verses on how often we should pray. Sorry. Ephesians 6.18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all preservance, making supplication for all the saints. I got another one. First Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. See, church, he, he says here to pray without ceasing. To pray without ceasing means... When you are tempted, you hold the temptation and take, take it all before God and ask for his help. When you experience something good and beautiful, you immediately thank God, you know, thank the Lord for it. When you see evil around you, you ask God to make it right and to use you towards that end. If that is his will, when you meet someone who does not know Christ, you pray, for, you pray to God to draw that person to himself and to use you to be a faithful witness. When you encounter trouble, you turn to God as your deliverer. Don't try to do things in your own understanding. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And how should we pray? It says Psalms. 95.2 Let us come into the presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. 
Psalm 66, 17. I cried to him with my mouth, and a high praise was on my tongue. See, church, um, I guess I've been coming here for, I guess, you know, probably about two years now. And um, I remember one time specifically that I prayed to the Lord. You know, I was dying in sin. I was going through my addiction still. And I remember crying to him one night. You know, I mean, I had enough. You know, I prayed to him, and I asked God, you know, to, to give me the strength, you know, to to help me, you know, to deliver me from my addictions. I mean, it, it's an, it was an awful thing, you know, and, and I had enough of living that life, you know, just worrying about myself and not worrying about anybody else, you know. I just cared about me at that time, and I prayed to God to deliver me, you know, to give me that strength, you know, to get through that, you know. And it, it, it was hard, I mean, you know, going through my addictions for 20 years, and, you know, finally, you know, you know, I kind of prayed to him, but not, you know, not continually. You know, I prayed to him, and I asked him, to, you know, to help me, but this specific time I prayed to him, well, three months later, you know, Robert, he's trying to reach out to me for six years to come to church, and I would never come. I mean, I would tell him, yeah, you know, I'll be there, but I never would. But, you know, when I prayed to God, you know, I, I, I feel that it was him that, you know, he answered my prayer. You know, three months later, I, I came here, and I remember we had the altar call, and, and you know, Pastor asked us, you know, to raise their hands, and I raised mine, but, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to come up here. So I remember Robert telling me, he's like, you know, we're going to pray, we're going to pray for you. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I'll be back next week, you know, I'll be back, you know, Next, it was, that was on a Sunday. I told him I'll be back on Wednesday. And he's like, "No, we're gonna pray for you right now." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Man, you know." I was like, "Okay." So I remember me and him walking up here, and then I remember there was probably about ten people praying over me. That I remember that night, and and man, I totally felt his presence, you know. And and it was uh, it was a feeling that I'd never experienced in my life. I mean, a feeling that, I mean, I know that it was him. You know, I felt his presence all through my body, and I felt him, you know, touching me, you know. And it's a feeling that, I mean, I couldn't understand what it was, you know, and. And I know it was, it was, you know, it could have been that prayer or not, but I mean, you know, when I had everybody praying over me, that's a powerful thing. That's a thing that, you know, we don't, at the time, we don't really see that, you know. We really don't see that, oh, you know, prayers, that ain't going to work, but I had people praying over me, and it was him. I know it was him. It was, it was all him. And we have to give God, you know, all the glory, you know, for everything that he does, and we need to take it all to the Lord. You know, we could be going through whatever we may be going through, you know, family troubles, sickness, anything, but we've got to take it to prayer, you know, and we can't, without season, like he says in the Bible, you know, we've got to take it to him at all times. Here are a couple of things that we could do to help us with our prayer life. You know, first, number one is you can choose a specific place to pray away from distractions. <clears throat> and then um, number two, Pray at the same time every day if possible. Make it part of your daily routine. And eventually it will become a habit. It says, uh, treat it like a daily appointment with God. This is a special time with our Father that is our God. Number four, we can also make a list to keep track of our prayer needs. We can pray for our family, for our church family, for our church, for our home church, you know, whatever may be on your heart, you know, for our government. We can pray for a better, you know, prayer life, for more wisdom, for any disbelief in our heart, for sickness, you know, for a friend or for a family member, or especially what's been on my heart lately is, um, you know, our family church. You know, I see people, you know, you know, I, I know we shouldn't, you know, l you know, look at it this way, you know, like people that, that stop coming or people that, you know, you kind of see them fading away a little bit, you know. And, and that's one thing that I ask God, and I take it to God every single day, you know, for, you know, to give me that strength, to keep on pressing through, and for me not to be like that, you know. And all that we can do is pray for them and keep praying for them, you know. And don't ever stop praying, you know, praying a prayer, you know, that you've been praying. It could be months, it could be probably years, you know, but don't give up. Keep on praying, you know, keep on praying for that backslider, you know. We take it all to the Lord, and he'll, answer, he'll eventually answer that prayer. You know, there's times that we want it now. You know, we're like a little kid, you know, I want it now, I want it now, you know, and, and it can't be like that, you know. We got to just keep on believing that he's going to, you know, he's going to answer that prayer. We got to keep on being faithful to him, you know, regardless of our situation, you know, regardless of our sickness or, or any kind of temptation or anything that we may be going through. But take it to the Lord in prayer. I know we got to do our part, too. We got to do our part, and, and, you know, and that's believing in him and keep having faith in him and, just keep on believing, you know, that's all we can do, and I mean, you know, when I was going through my addictions, you know, I mean, I keep on bringing my addictions, because that's a big part of my life, that's a big chunk of my life that, 
the devil took from me, you know, but, you know, me going through all that, you know, I know God's going to use me. He's going to use me mildly, and I'm ready for it. You know, I'm ready for him to use me wherever he wants to use me. And I mean, I surrender myself to him, and, and you know, these past couple of months, I'm, I'm like really, I've been really, you know, been praying, and like me and Robert, we've been coming, you know, past couple of Saturdays and praying, you know, praying for church, praying, praying for whatever's on our hearts, and, and I feel like it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, you know, make an effect in our church because, I mean, you know, God, you know, we, we, all, we all need prayer, even ourselves, you know, and, and um, I mean, I know, I know there's people out there that are still dying, you know, saying, you know, people still doing their sins, and, you know, but we got to bring it to our church first, you know, we got to be right with him, you know, and that's another thing that I've been thinking, too, that maybe, you know, God's not answering our prayers because we're not right in our hearts, you know, there's, there's things that could be wrong with us, and that's maybe why, that's why he's not answering, you know, so we got we to be right with ourselves, and, and, you know, pray for each other, pray for our church, you know, and, and just keep on believing, keep on having faith, church, I mean, it, it's a hard thing, I mean, like I said, me being up here, I mean, I never, ever thought, you know, I was going to be up here, and I, I say that before and say it now, but, and I saw for God and it's for his glory, you know, and I, I'm ready. I'm down. Like I just say, I'm down to do whatever I got to do, you know, to get them souls out there, to get them people saved that are still dying in sin. You know, man, uh, give God all the glory. I mean, everything that I do is through him. And I say it's a real hard walk, but, you know, we got to do it. You know, God chose us as his people, as his children to keep, you know, to reach out to the souls out there. You know, we have each other and, we, you know, we need prayer. We, we, you know, we can go to each other, you know, we, you know, there's times that we have too much pride in our hearts that, you know, we're scared to go to our brother, you know, to pray for us, you know, we just got too much pride sometimes, and we got to let that go at church, we got to, you know, be obedient to, to his word, and be obedient to him, and, and be real with each other, you know, we got to be real with each other, you know, it, it's a hard thing, it's a hard walk, but we're going to be all right, church, <clears throat> says, and then, um, let me see, we can also make a list to keep track of prayer needs. We can pray, you know, for our church, like I've been saying, or whatever God puts on your heart. If you were not of things to pray about, pray in the spirit. That's another powerful weapon that we have, you know, just pray in the spirit and just let it all go. Let it to God. He hears you. He hears every word that we pray, that, we, you know, we pray. You can also pray with someone else. It's Matthew 18, 20. For where there is two or three, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Psalms 107, 28, 30. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were quiet, and he brought them to the desired haven. Church, one of the things that we can also remember, that we could be one prayer away from God answering our prayers. You know, you just never know he's going to answer, but, you know, that's one thing that we can always remember, you know, keep on praying, and you just never know. Maybe that next prayer is going to be when he answers it, but, you know, but if we give up, and just, you know, just give up on that prayer or give up on, you know, whatever, you know, we're praying about. You know, that's our loss. You know, we could, he could have been there. I mean, it could have been right there that he answered it, you know. But just don't ever give up. Just keep on praying. Keep on praying for that loved one. Keep on praying for that backslider. Keep on praying for that addict, whatever, whatever it may be. I got another verse, um, James 1, 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wave, by the wind. Can then remember the weapon and pride of every two... Every true deliverer of Christ is in prayer. We need to believe together for each other. We are the body of Christ. He has put us here together as a family to pray for each other, to pray for this world, to pray for this nation, to lift each other up, for us to pray for one another, 
and not to be hypocrites with each other or with him. To spread the good news, and that's the gospel. We need to be on one accord, church. We need to be, you know, as one. As it, like he says in, the, in, in his word, you know, you know, his body, the body of Christ. We need to be on one accord and, and let's keep on believing together that, you know, he's going to move in this place. He already moves in this place. But just imagine if we're all on one accord, you know, if we all fasted, if we all prayed together, if we all really did it as one, how powerful he would move in this place. The, the seats would be filled, you know, all over this place. We have to put some more in the back, you know, but we have to be on one accord. We have to pray together and just be real with each other. I'll leave out with this verse. Um, it's really, I was, you know, reading the verses, you know, after, you know, earlier this morning, and, and this one kind of, it hit me. I mean, it's um, Acts 5.31. And where they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Church, I want to leave you with, with the prayer. I mean, you know, um, try to encourage, you know, try to encourage one another to keep on believing and keep on having faith that he's coming back. You know, we got to understand that, that Jesus is coming back for us. He's coming back for our church. So we got to be ready, church. We got to be ready. We got to be prepared for this. Dear Father, I thank you, Father God, for your good word, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father God, for giving me the words of encouragement, Heavenly Father. Father, I pray for my brothers, Father God, for Robert and Donnie, Father, I'm fixing to speak your word, Heavenly Father, for you to anoint their words, Heavenly Father, for you to anoint our ears, Heavenly Father, for somebody to get something out of these messages, Father God. Father God, all that we do, Father, is for you and for your glory, Father, for your kingdom, Jesus. We love you, Father God. We love you, Father God. Search our hearts, Heavenly Father. We love you and we pray these things in the name of Jesus, Father. Amen. Amen. That's one thing we have to remember is that we have to continue to pray. There's people out there that we're not going to reach by our words. But only through prayer and fasting will we reach them. And, and we have to continue to remember that. That praying works a whole lot better than anything else we could do. Amen. So we got the next person coming up. We got Donnie coming up. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Amen. Hello. How are you guys? Praise the Lord. Forgot to staple this together. All right. Uh, in Ephesians six twelve. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Father God, for the next few minutes, I ask that you just open our ears and our hearts to receive your word, Lord God. Just, just guide us to be attentive, and we rebuke, uh, rebuke the spirit of distraction right now in your holy name, Father God. We love you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Our true enemy is unseen. The way of Satan, is de um, he's deceptive and hidden. Nevertheless, you can become aware of them. Examples. Get in the Word. If you're in the Word, if you're with Christ Jesus, you become more aware of them because if you're not, it seems like you're becoming just, just a, an em empty, empty person just roaming around. In 2 Corinthians... Uh, 2.11, these Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We have to be aware of how our enemy works. Because this is, the title of this, by the way, it, I wanted it pretty cool, but I was like, it's not, not going to be cool. It's going to be real. I call it the real battle. And uh, to understand that a war is raging in the spiritual realm, 
is to gain an understanding of what we face each day. Struggle, situations, uh, addictions, uh, loved ones. Just sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small situations. I mean, uh, a real battle takes place in the spiritual realm against supernatural forces. That is, a human, that is, human opponents are often simply inspired by an unseen evil much greater than themselves. In this respect, other people are not your real problem. We shouldn't, we shouldn't look at somebody else and say, hey, that's our problem. You know, as hard as it may be, ISIS is not our real problem. They're, they're misled by the devil himself, you know. And there's people over there getting saved. ISIS members just leaving and just having visions of the Lord and getting saved and hiding, getting killed for their salvation. Um, <clears throat> oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. They are Satan's victims, and he is using them. And it, then again, it goes to, you know, those loved ones that we, we, we find the Lord, or if you don't know Jesus, you're looking. You know, there's people in your life that you love, and you're, you're, we were once victims, and occasionally he tries to make us remember that and to backslide and to go back to our old ways to destroy us, this is a real battle. This, this is life right here, but it's either this side or this side. There's no in the middle. I pictured a farmer with a pitchfork who's supposed to be laboring, and he's just sitting in there. And there's people coming to burn the, these orchards, and there's people working, and people protecting the orchards. Don't be the person that's supposed to be working, and when he comes, you get destroyed. We have to stand our ground. Jesus Christ didn't die for no reason. He died for each and every one of us. He loves us, and he wants us to reach out to our other brothers and sisters, regardless of what they're going through right now, regardless of their wealth, regardless of um, their situations. We have to reach out and love them like Christ has loved us. We have to be examples to them. Because if we're not examples, if we're just going in, checking in the boxes, and going out, and just waiting for next Wednesday or next Sunday, we're not doing anything. That's why we have to go out and preach the gospel like he told us to. And that's a weapon. Jesus Christ get, gives us armor. He gives us weapons to use against our situations. There's power in his name. I've seen it too many times to say there's, not a, there's, not, there's no such thing as God. I know there's a God. I used not to believe. I used to make fun. I used to make fun sitting in the back drawing pictures of the, um, the guy, just the pastor making fun of him. But then God got a hold of me and said, you're straightening up. It, it, I was bullheaded. He protected me through a war zone, and he showed me. Just, it was like a movie just watching this stuff. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm with you. I'm going to show you these things. That's the spiritual side. That's our salvation. There's people not knowing what they're fighting for, but they die, thinking they're fighting for a good cause, but they're not. The real fight is unseen. The fight is for our salvation and to reach our brothers and sisters that are deceived by the enemy. Um, oh. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. 2 Corinthians 10.4 This is the real weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds. Discipleship, evangelism, being taught how to, you know, you go, you're coming, you're seeking, you're trying to find the Lord. The devil's going to throw, hey, no, come back. That's not for you. That's wrong. No, it's not. We don't do this on our own. We have to stand together on one accord, like Jesse said, and pray. Prayer is a mighty weapon. And we always have to put on our armor. You may not know what to do or pray for, but just, pastors told me this a lot of times when I was dealing with my PTSD. God knows your heart. You don't know what to pray for? Just pray. Say, Jesus. There's power in that name. And I'm not... There is power in that name, the name of Jesus. And he like he's, amen, hallelujah. And he's coming back. No joke, he's coming back. 
The time is drawing closer. We've been having too much fun playing church, playing life. The life is with Jesus Christ and not on this world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, that's why we need to be discipled. We can't be a soldier for the kingdom without proper training. Allow yourself to be willing to be discipled. goes back to coming to church, setting at home. You can't sit at home and let the guy on TV teach you anything besides the message. It might be a pretty good message, but he can't come over and show you. You can't ask him a question. I mean... I thank God for pastor and all our leaders here, you know, the guys that I looked up to as when I first came here, because I didn't know what I was doing. I just, hey, Jesus, hallelujah, go home, sit down, smoke a cigarette, and then prayed one day, Jesus, take this away from me. That very hour he did. But I smell like cigarettes, and I can smell it. And I thank God that he did that to remind me that he's with us, and he's training each and every one of you, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, you are chosen to do great things. Now, what are you going to choose? You're going to choose to just go back or keep living the life you're living? Or you're going to come back or say, I want to make a stand for good. I want to make a stand for Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. What can you do in the face of evil, especially in the places that seem beyond your influence? Paul, who faced human authority in high places, um, reassures us that we have weapons, divine power, to demolish strongholds. Through, though he was often in prison cells, his prayers were unbounded. Evil forces in the spirit world must have considered Paul always armed and dangerous. You can be regarded the same way as you develop your prayer life. Uh, let's turn to Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Say amen when you're there. Amen. Eight. Say twenty-eight nineteen. Okay. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. I I think that's discipleship and evangelism. God called us to go out and make disciples. He didn't call us to just sit here. I mean, maybe he didn't call us to just go be a pastor, or, but he's called us to do a job. We have a duty. We have a spiritual MOS in this army of living God. Hallelujah. It, it, I look around, and I'm, I'm still young, but some of the stuff, especially the Texas driving, drives me nuts. I don't know what happened. It's like a swap. In Arkansas, we don't drive very much. We just walk around with there bare feet. That's a different story. In Ephesians uh, 6.13, if we could go there real fast. Ephesians 6.13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the, in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand Therefore, having grinded your waist with, the tr with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always without, uh, excuse me, praying al always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. we got to pray together. That, that movie, uh, Lone Ranger Survivor, he wasn't alone. I mean, we might have people that we're, we're with here that struggle. we got to lift them up. we got to carry our battle buddies sometimes. we got to lift them up. they got to lift us up. We have to have each other's back. It doesn't matter what they're into, what kind of music, what kind of person they are. You, you love them. God doesn't choose who he, 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 he doesn't say, I'm only going to love this rich man. I'm, there's a story that I read, actually. One of my favorite stories that Jesus describes is a rich man and a poor man. And if they come to your house, don't have the rich man sit on the, at the table with you and the poor man sit on the ground. Have them both sit at the table. Or you guys both sit on the ground. I mean, 
trying to get all, I got so much, the Lord was just speaking to me, and I had uh, all my kids, and, you know, last uh, Sunday, my daughter Eliza was actually healed 100% through prayer, so I thank you. My son's fever went away through prayer, but he still has some issues right now. We can continue to pray if you could help me, and I'll continue to pray with whatever your need is. Thank you, Father. But my spirit, says the Lord, Zechariah 4, 6, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zezrabel, uh, not by might nor by power, but my, by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Church planting. See, if you look at a battlefield, we're soldiers, church command center, like the, like a, like a, I don't want to say the Pentagon, but like an army base. This is a fortress that's going against the evil principalities of, the thirst, of this earth. And God is calling men in, to be sent out to establish fobs all around the world going against the power of darkness. You know, some of us, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, God's going to make it happen regardless. But you need to get your mind right, you need to get your heart right. Because if, if you're just sitting there waiting, oh, I'm not ready to go get saved, I'm not ready to do this, before you know it, he's going to come take us out and all hell's going to break loose. And you'll be left behind. I know that God is really speaking to his people right now, and I think that um, the praying on a cord, and there's going to be a revival. You're either going to get on the ark, Jesus is the door, and those who aren't going to get on, okay, whatever, whatever. He's going to close that door, and he's not going to open it. So, it's like get, getting a flashback of like this one time I'm sitting there talking to this guy and he's like I, I'm not scared, scared to die and he's all cussing and all this and you see him thinking about it's just nuts like how can you live this life being idle or doing or seeing your loved ones doing things that are just profound and not not, not good I mean it drives me crazy sorry uh, I was getting um <laughs> Church planting. Uh, Romans, uh, you could write this down, but Romans 15.4. Romans 15.4. Let's check this out. 15.4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, uh, th through the pa uh, patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. This is a place where we learn of the scriptures. And thank God for pastors being a leader, teaching us the scriptures. Because if you just come and you're sitting there, you're not learning, and you're reading the word and you can't understand it, we have someone that was willing to take that torch, take that stand and put a flag in the ground saying, this is a castle, a foundation, a base of the kingdom of heaven. And he's raising up men and women to go, pre go, to go spread the gospel. You know, and, I, and it's just if, I think if I was... Not saved, if I was still doing that, I would have been in hell right now. I know it. I, I, I would have went back overseas, Afghanistan probably, and I would, have, I would have just regretted all the decisions I made not to go and come to Christ. Colossians Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and uh, abominishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Like pastors said today, um, church, don't forsake the gathering. Churches are meant to be. We're meant to come and be with each other and, feel, and help each other and pray together and sing together. And don't, don't hinder don't hinder when you're praising. That's God. No one's going to judge you. Give it to him. Like you would at the altar, or you would at your bedside, just pray to him. He's reaching out his arms, saying, my child, I love you. Do you not see my hands? What I've given you, regardless of how you grow up in poverty or rich or wealth or whatever, I'm here for you. I provided for you. Even if you grew up and you went to jail, even then, that was probably some hard places, but he got you out of that. Some of the choices that we make, we put ourselves in that mess. And the choice that we probably should think about is, 
Choose life or choose death. Choose Jesus or choose this world. Zechariah was called by God to motivate his people. Zechariah was not a king like David or Solomon who could command fabulous materials and numerous workers to get the job done. Then came God's word of encouragement. The job would be done through the strength of the Spirit, not through natural resources, which is how believers still win their battles. Through the Spirit, through prayer, fasting. You want a revival? Um, pray and fast. You know, we can't wait till pastor comes up here and is like, hey, let's all fast. We should be doing it already. We should be pra- uh, fasting for that loved one, praying for that loved one. You know, we, we, we just don't, it's not come, come and just hear and then go and set. We have to work. We have to put in our, our, our time fighting against these evil forces that are unseen. This is, why the, uh, this is why we have churches. This is why we need guidance. Um, this is why we need a church. We need a pastor to, to, um, to uh, teach us, to, to guide us, to hold us accountable. Uh, God put us in place, and he is calling us to keep going, that we are loved also, and you are meant to good, uh, do good, not to go through the same old motions. No matter what the need the situation or pain, we are here because there is still hope and don't be deceived by the illusion, by the lies of your childhood, by those who prosecute you. We need guidance. God knows our hearts. We have hope. We just have to be guided. We need pastors. We need people to stand up and hear, answer the call. Um, you know, Jesus has his hands reaching out. I, I already said that. On my paper, I was getting all these things, and I just wrote them down. But you're like, what do I do? I've been going to church. I've been raising my hand. I, I'm kind of just sitting idle. You know, we, be willing. Be willing to be taught. You are not lone rangers. Rangers are pretty cool, but not alone. You need them all together to have a successful team. And we're, I can see us all as heavenly rangers in God's army. And what, do, what to do? Admit we are sinners and that only Jesus can save us. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Number two, repent. Be willing to turn away from the sin and submit to God. Luke 13.5, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Three, believe that the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood to pay the price for our sins and that he rose again. Romans 10.9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Four, ask God to save you. Romans 10.13. Romans 10.13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Finally, five, ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord. Take control of your life. I'll close, um, finish with this last verse. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Romans 12, 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be confound to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Amen. God has called us all to, to stand up, to stand in, because without us, I think that if, if someone's getting you down, when you go even try to reach, outreach, or if, don't, don't just walk away, don't just sit back down, keep going. You're a soldier. Keep pushing. Keep rucking through. And we're going to close with that. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. I ask that you just, uh, um, just be with us, Lord God, and guide us continually, Lord. We love you and praise you and thank you for your words, for your guidance, and for this church, and for your prayers and our loved ones. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So we got
got to remember to pray. And we have to remember that this battle is not between us. It's, it's a spirit battle. Amen. Amen. And we got our last one coming up. Y'all ready? Amen. Let's give him a hand as he come up. Robert Ayala. Uh, bless it. How y'all doing tonight? I'll get a little air turn around here because it's getting hot up here. Amen. You know, it's a wonderful thing that, uh, you know, I'm a kind of a shy person. But my brother over here, Jesse, was even shyer more than me when we we're out there to, of course, till we got some alcohol in us and then we got all crazy. But, you know, when we were, used to hang together, he was more shy than I was and he's out here talking like nothing, amen, for the glory of God. That's an awesome thing, amen. Uh, if y'all can turn your Bibles to uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse 43 to 45. Say, so the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that ye come to me with stakes? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. And the Philistines tell David, Come to me, and I will give you your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a, a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts, the God of the army of Israel, who you have def defied. If you go down to 49, same chapter, it says, David put his hand in his back and took out a stone. He slung it and stuck the Philistine in his forehead so that that stone shank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Amen. Dear Jesus, I ask you, Lord, to speak through me. Lord, to open our hearts and our ears, Lord, so we can receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, it's an awesome thing that we just heard that, you know, the power comes through prayer to become a soldier. Amen. And now we have this servant of God that was David at his young age that, uh, you know, we could say after we read 49, we can say the enemy was defeated, amen, through the power of God. You know, a lot of times in our lives, we're scared of what we're going through in our lives, and, and we got problems, we got addictions, we got uh, just crazy live bills, and, and, and it seems like it's almost the end of our world because we're going through that problem. But if we, if we can just come and and know that God already defeated that enemy, that problem, the whatever addiction, whatever, whatever life brings out to you, and we can just stand, stand out like David's thing to that giant, you know, because David knew that he had already won with the power of, of God in him. Amen? You know, he knew that uh, he was going to face him because he had no power. You know, he, 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 he was big and ugly, but that was it. He had nothing else for him. You know, we, we, sometimes the devil throws, you know, the worst thing in, into our life. But if we get lined up with God, God will bring the best out of our life. Amen? And he gives us the power to overcome whatever we're going through our life. You know, he gives us... The promise on Second Timothy one seventeen, for God had got for God had not given us the power of fear, but a power. Amen. You know that power and, and that love and the sound mind. You know because the devil will come and attack our mind. But once we get on our prayer life and, and we get in our word, you know the devil is always going to come and attack. I, me and Jesse talk a lot. I say, man. The more we want of God, the more the devil's going to attack. He says, you know, I go talk to my co-workers, my old friends, and I said, and it seems like, you know, I get attacked more. I said, man, and you are because you're doing what God wants you to do, and that's what the devil wants to knock you out again. But, you know, we got the power of God in us, amen? 
So as we go on, you know, we should never run away from the devil, amen? I mean, whatever problem the devil brings to us, we, we, we don't have to be really scared of it and, and just face it, you know, because, you know, on, on Philippians 4.13, we, we can do all things through Christ that he gives us strength, amen? You know, because we don't confront the devil on whatever he tried to bring us in our life, you know, we will never conquer that in our life, amen? We got to face him front to front and tell him, you know, just like Goliath, you know, he, they were, if you read the story on chapter 17, the Israelites were on top of one hill, there was a valley, and the Philistines were on the other top of the other hill, and they had their, their best weapon, as they thought, in the middle of the valley, that he was calling out the Israelites who can, he was challenging them, you know, and like I said, you know, Donnie was talking about, you know, you need to be, you know, together as rangers, but without the power of God, the rangers cannot do nothing. Amen. And David, he was, he wanted to be a part of the rangers, like, like Donnie said, but they didn't want him. But, you know, he had the power that them rangers didn't have, amen? And, and that's the same thing David, uh, Jesse was talking. We got to get in prayer and unity so we can get everybody together and everybody can be on fire, amen? So as that ugly Philistine giant was pretty much cussing and challenging everybody, you know, on First Peter, you know, he says the devil is like a, the devil is like a, Rolling line, you know, he's, he, he was just yelling at him like he was a big line. But, you know, he wasn't. He was a fake one, you know. Because the only line that was there was the Spirit of God in David. Because, you know, he had Jesus in him. And he, Jesus is the only line of the tribe of Judah. Amen. And that same line that David had, we also have. Sometimes we got to remind ourselves... And we got to remind that devil, step back before this lion come and destroy you. Amen. Sometimes we like, we get down. We all have our downs. But you know what? We got to get that lion out, the spirit of God. And we can conquer anything we, we put. Because, you know, the spirit of God, nobody, nobody can challenge him, you know. They can come and, 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 and you know, hit us on the right or the left. But we will not go down, amen. But the story of David goes into chapter 16. Before he faced that line, if you read it, you know, God sent uh, prophet Samuel to anoint another king. Because uh, if you read in chapter 15, you know, the king that was there disobeyed God. And God got mad and he said, well, it's time to get rid of this joker and put a real king back in, in the kingdom that's going to follow the, the laws of the living God. Amen. And um, God sent Samuel to the house of Jesse. And um, Jesse had eight kids. Eight, but really, he said, I, he always said, I got seven kids and then I got David. David was not really loved because it was it, he had him with a different woman, amen. It was not it was not like these other seven brothers that were full blooded brothers. And they would always put David to take care of the flocks out in the wild, uh, wild forest and and land where bears and and lions were out there. But you know, God sent. Samuel to Jesse's house. And even though Samuel was trying to anoint one of them with a horn of oil to be the new king, that person wasn't there. And, you know, you can stop and say, well, how come God didn't send Samuel to the wilderness where David was? A lot of times, you know, God knows what he's doing. And God sees you this is for somebody. You know, you might be struggling right now. But God sees your future, where you're going to be at, you know. 
the devil is trying to put you down. But God is almighty and he sees the future where you add. You just got to stand straight and go on his path. Amen. So as he went through the seven sons, he said, is that it? He said, well, no, I, I got David, he, my, other, my other son. He said, well, bring him. And, he's, and he's, as he was coming, you know, he said, you know, this is the one, you know. And as you see, his family really didn't, like I said, didn't really like David because he was the other one, you know. And he chose because, you know, as a youngest kid, you would not send him to be the one to take care of the flock where uh, bears and lions are at. You know, you would send your, your strongest kid or the smartest kid, whatever you think, or you would send all of them just so they protect each other. But I guess they wanted to get rid of David somehow. But, you know, God saw David's heart. And as he came, you know, I guess God wanted to bless David in front of uh, his whole family, his whole brothers. You know, I guess you can say on the new word that we live in, you know, David's brothers were his haters at the same time. You know, but, you know, God wanted to bless it bless him in front of them because if you also think about it if Sammy would have known him out there in the wilderness where David was working with a flock of goats or chips whatever he was at they would have never believed David when he came home you know but son but God wanted to bless David in front of them in front of their eyes so they can see it with their own eyes amen that he was the other one but you know when you're the other one Sometimes you're the best candidate. Amen. Any other ones around here? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to be the other one too. So uh, as we go on, you know, it is a, it's one of the greatest testimonies, you know, that, that people can see that God got his hands on, on David. You know, he, his brothers saw it and they can't, they can't say he wasn't God because, you know, Samuel came and anointed him with oil, that he was the chosen one. So as we go on, life went on. He got anointed. He went back to work. But his war was starting with the Philistines. And on chapter, we go back to chapter 17. And if we read on chapter 17, verse 17, he said us that uh, uh, Jesse, David's father's sin, David to go and take some food to his brothers out in the battlefield and also take some food to the king. But as David was getting to the battlefield, uh, his brothers saw him and they say, what are you doing here? Like, you know, they, they were still hating on him, you know, amen. But what, what, what are you doing? What are you here for? Shouldn't you be take, working over there taking care of the, of the sheep and the, and the flock? But, you know, they, they, you know, sometimes... Sometimes in real life, and we got to learn, and we got to get strong, because sometimes the people you help is the people that are going to talk the most out of you, you know, man? Sometimes they're, they get intimidated, so they start talking about you, because God got his hands on you, you know? And that was, it shows right here how the brothers of David were against him, you know? They, he was bringing them food, you know, like that saying say, don't, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Well, they're biting David's hand all the way across, trying to chew his neck too. But, you know, at the same time, you know, what little he had, you know, God was going to do a great king out of him. Because with the little ha that you have, you're going to do much, amen, in the name of the Lord. So David wasn't really worried about, uh, about his brothers at that moment in the battlefield. He was hearing that crazy big giant talking trash about the God of Israel and, you know, he pumped them up, you know. So if we go, if we read on 1725, say, so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up and defied Israel. And he shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give his daughter and all and his father's house will be exempt from taxes of Israel. You know, he, David heard that, and I was like, well, 
his house his household was being a hater to him. So he really, I mean, the only thing he was really going to get for himself was the, the king's daughter. But I think David was wanted to show, was up for the challenge to show how big of his God that he had in him could be to defeat that, that ugly giant that was, you know, pretty much cursing the God of Israel. So as we go on, on, on uh, the same chapter 31 to 33, Get there. Now, then the word which David spoke were heard. They reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. It was King Saul. Then David said to Saul, let no, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. You know, he, he was ready and prepared because, you know, he had the, the lion of Judah inside of him, you know, ready to come out and devour that, that enemy that was standing in in front of uh, Israelites, you know. But uh, he, was, he was ready to, to go battle for the glory of God, you know. Sometimes, you know, David just wanted to pretty much just give the glory to God. And Jesse says, you know, sometimes, you know, that's all I got, my testimony. But that's the greatest thing you got because, you know, we can use that testimony where you were at that God got you out of there. Amen. You know, the testimony is one of the powerful things that God gave us to de defeat the devil and put him back where he should be at. Because, you know, that's where our mighty God reached his hand and grabbed him out of that, you know, pretty much pit of hell that he was at. And he can help other, other people like we all can. Amen. But at the same time, you know, David was ready to, you know, to, uh, to pretty much tell, you know, that he's God. It was not going to be cursed, you know. Sometimes we got we, we to gotta praise God and give him all his glory. But this is, this is something for everybody, you know. As, as my kids, this is why I am, you know, you can be whatever. But as I see my kids worshiping God and, and praising God, I don't really like to tell you how good they are. There, I mean, I tell them, God is happy you serving you serving Him, you know, because God's a jealous God. And I tell them, all glory, every ounce of glory belongs to God. You know, God sees what we do here on this earth for Him, and when we go to heaven, you know, He's going to reward us for it. Amen. But as we here in this earth, I think we should just. Praise him at all times, you know, with our hearts, you know. Like Jesse's saying, we said, we, we're talking and we're like, man, we need, we need to motivate each other. And I said, you know, it's a great thing that I, I have him, you know, I know him for a long time. We have each other that we can push each other. I said, you know, the Bible says better two than one because if one falls, the other one can pick him up. So we said, well, let's start with prayer before we go to the battlefield because there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of uh, enemies out there. We got to be, like Donnie was saying, we, we got to have the whole armor. And I said, well, we got to do that. And, and I said, you know, we got to do fasting. You know, big boys I am, I don't like to miss my meals. But, you know, sometimes you got to put that flesh where it should belong. Amen. Amen. Little by little, we're getting there. But as we go on, you know, the testimony is the best thing we can use against the devil. Amen. You know, like I said, the testimony that David had that that he was just a, the, the other one that was killing the bears and the lion with his own hand to protect his flock, you know, make his brothers, you know, scared and, and, and intimidated by him. Amen. But as we read on, um, you know, Samuel called David up. And, and he was trying to discourage David. He said, man, he, he is big. Trying to, trying to find that. Well, anyways, in chapter 17, Samuel was trying to discourage David, you know, that he, he is a big guy. You know, you sure you want to go against him? You know, he, and, and it was on 33. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are young youth and he's a man of war and his youth 
from his youth. You know, so he had a lot of experience. That's what he was trying to say. You know, but David was not discouraged because he knew his testimony that he'd been fighting in war against bears and lions out there to protect the flock. Amen. So that's why I'm saying the testimony is a great thing. You know, we shouldn't just be throwing it out everywhere. But when it is needed, you use it. Amen. So as that goes, you know, he used his testimony with King Saul to show him that he'd been on the battlefield too. He wasn't scared. So, you know, King Saul said, okay, well, that's fine. Here, come and put my gear. You know, oh, he's under armor, big old heavy metal stuff that he had. And David put it on. He said, I can't put this on. This ain't for me. You know, and it was a great thing that he didn't put it on too because, you know, th that was King Saul's gear. You know, and as you know, in chapter 16, David was anointed as a new king, which, of course, Samuel didn't know because he would have tried to kill him there. But, you know, God rejected King Saul. Imagine if David would have put that gear on. He probably would have rejected David too because he's putting that... Uh, that uh, the gear that didn't belong to the gear that belonged to Saul that he'd been rejected already. But sometimes we gotta be ourselves, you know, because God makes everybody different, and God makes God can use you in one way, and He can use your other brother in a different way. Uh, you know, we're not all the same. We're the same body of Christ, but we all different members. And, you know, my witness can be your strength. And your witness, I can be your strength, you know. And we got to, like, encourage each other. Amen. So as we go on, there in still in chapter 17, back to 43. He says, so the Philistine said to David, I'm a dog. Why do you come? You, I'm a dog. You come with me with sticks. And he cursed David, you know, by his gods. So the Philistine believed in his crazy gods and he cursed David. Well, once that happened, you know, as we know, it wasn't David's fight at all. But it just released the power of God. And David's God, which is the God Almighty, was going to fight the Philistine. Amen. So they just came out. And as we go in, in Samuel 21, 1 Samuel 21, 20. It says that David had picked already five stones from that valley. A lot of people might say, well, why did David do that? If you go back in, uh, that was on Samuel 20, uh, 2020. He says that, uh, you know, that big ugly giant, he had four more brothers. So I don't know if they was getting ready just in case they jump out. They're trying to jump them just to get them all or what. You know, but other might think that David would just get prepared just in case he missed. He had four more rocks, amen. Others might think that he was just doubting God and he was just he needed five rocks. But if you read on 45, verse 45, he said, David said to the Philistine, Philistine, you come with me with swords and spears and with your javelin, but I come to the name I come in the name of the Lord of the hosts. Which, which is the name of our Lord? It's Jesus, right? So there's five stones, you know, I would say Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. -S. He knew that Jesus was with him at all time. So he, he had picked those five words ready. And, you know, and he says on, uh, on Philippians 2.10 that, that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, Amen. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. So with that saying that he knew that ugly John, the enemy, was going to bow to his God. So that's why on, on uh, verse uh, 49, says David put his hands in his back, took a stone. He slung it. He stuck the Philistine on his forehead. So the stone sank into his forehead. And he fell on his face to the earth. You know, he was bound to God, you know, because as a big guy like me, if somebody's going to swing at me or somebody's going to stick a, a rock on me, naturally, I'm going to fall backwards, amen? But God had his power. He was showing his power that he was going to, that big ugly giant had to 
face forward and bow to God, amen, because he's the God Almighty. So, you know, it, it was kind of, it's kind of amazing that all, all like always, the three short messages all tied in together because by the power of God, you know, this, this soldier that wasn't a soldier in front of the a people could go and defeat the devil in the name of Jesus, amen. And this is, this is my little short sermon, but like I say, we must consist in, in pressing in and pressing forward because, you know, we do have that, that line inside of us and we can release them at any time and make them devils run seven different ways. Amen. So I hope this, this, uh, do you enjoy this little word? You know, I enjoy, I don't know, if not, I enjoy it for myself. So God bless you.